God is most glorified in me, in us, when we are most satisfied in him. That's a truth that we took a look at last week as we began this series where we are exploring at a very high level the three values of our church. Enjoying God fully together, being transformed by the power and the presence of God together, and demonstrating life in Christ together. Today, what I want to talk with you about, um, let me, first of all, let me go back and recap just a couple things. I said that enjoying God fully meant living in truth. And the truth that God wants to be my highest, my greatest love and not my highest commitment. And that God asked me to find and receive everything in him. And as you've seen on the screen there again, as a reminder, that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Enjoying God fully together, together living in truth. Today I want to talk to you about what it means to be transformed. I've titled this message, Learning to Trust. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to join me in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. How do we experience transformation? Our spiritual transformation is directly linked to our ability to trust God. God invites us into a covenant relationship that's both high invitation, but it also is uh, a relationship that has kingdom representation or kingdom responsibilities connected to it as well. So it's a relationship that's high invitation and high challenge. In 1984, I enlisted in the Air Force. And um, before I left for basic training, I wanted to have everything all figured out. And I wanted to be ahead of the game, so I talked with several of my friends who had gone to Air Force basic training and a couple guys that were actually in the, in the Army, and I had them prep me about what to expect when I got to Air Force basic training so that when I got there, I was ready to do basic training on my own terms. <coughs> All you military guys and gals, you know that that is not going to happen. I was going to do it my way. But all of that quickly changed about two weeks, two weeks in, and, and I'm laying in my bed after the lights go off, because you have to wait for the lights go off if you're going to cry. <laughs> and I'm laying in my bed after the lights go off, man, tears streaming down my face, and I'm thinking, what in the world am I doing here? Now, I cleaned it up because it's a family service. We got little kitties in here, right? So I'm thinking, what in the world am I doing here, man? What have I gotten myself into? You see, the, the goal of Air Force basic training is to train you to see and to say and to do everything the Air Force way. Your way goes away. And what I had yet to realize in, in Air Force basic training is that I had jumped into a process, a process that was designed to create awareness in me and an attitude that fostered unity and camaraderie and togetherness. I joined a branch of the military that, that, that wanted to give me a sense of belonging and responsibility that, that if I fail, Everyone fails. If I succeed, everyone succeeds. If my partner fails, I fail. And if we succeed, we succeed together. That's the attitude. We do everything as one. And if you're going to survive Air Force basic military training, you have to shed 
all semblance of idealism and our idealistic independence and individualism at least for six weeks and learn how to do things together the Air Force way. So to make sure that, that you get it and that this happens, this is accomplished, the Air Force has developed this, this highly sophisticated, highly trained team called training instructors. And their sole purpose is to take a group of 50 guys or gals who are used to operating independently and solely on their own and get them to function on one page together as one. They bring people from all different parts of the United States. I, I, there were 50 people in my flight when I went back, when I went through in 84. 50 different states. From sons of state senators to the guy in the Bronx, New York, that was there because this was his last opportunity. If he failed to succeed at Air Force military basic training, the likelihood of him going to jail was pretty high. All different walks of life, the Air Force takes us, assembles us together, and then they level the playing field so that everyone's equal. You all start off as, we all start off as rainbows. Rainbow means that, you know, you haven't received a uniform yet, you know, so you're walking through in your multicolored street clothes and you stick out like a sore thumb because everybody knows that you just arrived. So you're there, you're a rainbow. And then as the process continues, everyone gets the same haircut. And, you know, I, I used to, I used to um, reminisce back on my basic training days. And I remember that um, I went down there with like this much hair on my head. And it was amazing to me that no matter if you had long hair or short hair, they would sit you down in the chair and they would ask you, how you want it cut? <laughs> I had a couple guys that didn't get it. It's like, man, you know, if you can just take a little off the side, sure sign. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody gets the same haircut. Everybody's issued the same military uniform. Everyone gets the same study material. Everyone has to study the same thing at the same time. So remember, two weeks later, I'm laying in my bed thinking to myself, this is not working for me. I, I, I can't do things my way. I can't continue to do things my way and expect to survive this process. And there's too much at stake for me right now. I quit my job. I had a family. I can't go back. I can't. Wrapped up in this realization was also the recognition that I had been given this incredible invitation to step into something that was much bigger than me. And along with this invitation came the challenge for me to change. And it reminded me of the scripture in Colossians chapter 3 where it says, Do not lie to one another seeing that you put off the old self with this practices. And having put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of his creator, something had to change. I had to put off my old self. And so that night, I decided that I'd quit looking at only, only what, what, looking out for myself and begin looking out for the others in my flight. And what I was amazed was around, around the same time in this process, everyone began to think the same way collectively. So we begin to look out for each other, 
keeping watch for each other, keeping each other out of trouble. And before we knew it, we had formed this, this cohesive bond. It was, like, it was like overnight things changed, but it didn't because we were still involved in the process. And I tell you what, I remember distinctively waking up one morning and it felt like everything had changed. We marched different together. You know, a little side journey, you know, I, I'm one of those guys that everything can become a rhythm for me. I'll get up in the, in the morning and my coffee maker will go off and it makes this siphoning sound where it siphons the water out of the reservoir and it goes, before I know it, I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. And I can, I can make a rhythm out of everything, right? So imagine Air Force basic training, man. They're teaching you how to march, and you got 50 guys, and they're all marching in cadence. Left, right, left. Left, right, left. Lean back, settle down, beat. Beat. Oh, yeah, beat. All right, beat. And that was it. And they, they used to have to tell me, McCormick, quit bebopping. Because I, I, just, I just liked it, right? And another little side journey, I don't want to get sidetracked, but, you know, I left Air Force Base of training. I went straight to an Army base. And I thought the Air Force knew how to march, man, but, but the Army can march, y'all. The Army doesn't go back with the, you know, the one, two. The Army's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Throw their head back. I mean, you just go for it, right? We started marching together. We became a cohesive unit, and that became one of the catalyzing moments of truth for me and a moment of trust. It's a time where I realized that I have to put off the old and embrace a new identity, and I did. I was no longer a civilian living by my own set of rules, and I wasn't just a guy anymore simply wearing the uniform. I had changed. I had experienced change. I had transformed, and now I was an airman living my life by military rules and regulations. And wearing the uniform simply became an outward declaration that I had become part of something bigger than myself, a cause that was greater than my own. You know, much the same way when we made the decision to follow Jesus Christ, we stepped into something that's much bigger than us. And our spiritual transformation depends on our willingness to trust God to lead us into the richness of this new life in Christ through the studying of his word and through the fellowship of other followers that are heading in the same direction. And the result of being in Christ is that woven into the fabric of our spiritual DNA family is a God-inspired desire to live a truly transformed life. You see, life change isn't just about us. We get to benefit from it, but it's not just about us. The fundamental purpose of God's transforming power is the fulfillment of his will and the display of of his glory. God is most, glor most glorified when we are most satisfied in him and when we are experiencing his life transforming power. Romans chapter 12, are you there? If you have it, say amen. All right. Paul writes, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, 
to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. I love the King James. It says, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by the testing, by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I want to pick up in verse 2 of this passage because I think there are three imperatives, three that just jump out at me, and, and they're the words conform and transform and renew. And all these verbs as they're used in the Greek are present tense verbs indicating an ongoing continual action. So now let's see what it looks like because we unpack all three of these, these words. Take the word conform. The Greek meaning of the word conform is to mold, to shape, to make fit. And so Paul instructs us, remember, continuous action. He says, do not continue to conform to this world. In other words, don't allow the life that you're living to be continuously squeezed to shape, to fit the world's, uh, what the world wants to give you. And don't allow the pressures of this world to squeeze you into conformity. You know, it's kind of like this Play-Doh, except for this isn't Play-Doh. I went and got this stuff because, you know, I'm kind of, I like new things, you know. And this isn't Play-Doh. This is something called synthetic sand or something like that. Why do you say that? Is it good? Oh, you guys are in children's ministry. I know you guys love that. Okay, so check this out. This stuff is really weird, man, because, you know, you can, you can do like this, and it just kind of like falls down, you know, just kind of like, kind of, it just kind of sits there and kind of conforms, right? And then if you put a little pressure on it, you can conform this thing right down and fit it right down into the mold that it comes in. And Paul is saying, listen, don't allow your life to be conformed by the standards of the world, to be shaped by the pressures of life. Don't allow yourself to be conformed and fit into this, this mold that the world wants to fit you into. Then he says this, but instead, be continually transformed. That Greek word for, for transformation here is where we get our English word metamorphosis. It means to start out as something and to end up as something entirely different. I like the caterpillar and the butterfly analogy. Now check this out. I mean, in case you don't know this, I like the outcome because I think caterpillars are really ugly, man. Caterpillars like jacked up, you know, it's kind of like they're all mushy and they got legs and they're just creepy kind of looking, you know what I mean? So I like the transformation from the caterpillar to the butterfly. Biologist Bernard Heinrich says that he believes that this radical change or metamorphosis that occurs from the caterpillar to the butterfly, watch this now, involves the death of the butterfly. He says, in effect, the animal is a chimera, an amalgam of two, where the first lives and then dies and then another emerges. Here's what he's saying. He says, while the butterfly appears to be one animal with a wormy start and a flying finish, it's actually two animals. He says, we start off with a baby caterpillar that lives a full life and then dies and then dissolves and then there's a pause and then a new animal, the butterfly. 
springs to life from the same cells. I believe, I don't know how you explain it scientifically, but what it boils down to is that this really is the wonder of the transforming power of God in his creation. That's what it is. And it really speaks to us where we are as followers of Jesus Christ. Paul writes to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. He says, therefore, everybody say therefore. Yeah, everybody didn't say it. Everybody say therefore. Yeah. If anyone is in Christ, in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. We are to be continually transformed. We are to be continually transformed. Metamorphosis. Continually being transformed. Continuously being transformed. How do we do this? Paul tells us. Through the continual renewing of our mind. This term renewing means to make again new, to be continually making our minds new again. Archbishop Trent, Richard Trent defines renewal as the gradual conforming of the person more and more to that new spiritual world into which he has been introduced and in which he now lives and moves means a continual changing of our understanding, a continual transformation of our heart. It's the change, the kind of change that takes place when we place our trust in the Spirit of God to lead us into this newfound relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. It doesn't really matter how long you've been following Jesus. Whether it's 30 days or 30 years, his mercy and his grace are new every morning. How many of you know that? So every single day is a new found grace and mercy as we place our trust in the Spirit of God to lead us through the study of his word and in walking in fellowship with other followers of Jesus Christ who can sharpen us. The Bible tells us iron sharpens iron. Trust, family, is the key to our spiritual transformation. And transformation is the process of becoming like Jesus. We get to be like Jesus. We get to be like Jesus, not different from him, like him. Lance, you can bring your team up. The Apostle John writes for us in John chapter 3, Verse 2, he says, Beloved, we are now God's children. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. Everybody say, like him. Why? Because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. So here's the promise. God has promised that he's transforming us more and more daily, forming us into the image of his son, Christ in us. 
And he does this by renewing daily our understanding of who we are in him, our new identity in him. We've been given a new identity in him. We're not the same person we used to be. We've been transformed. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus, given a new identity. And here's the point. Just like in my military experience, Transformation doesn't occur overnight, family. It's a process. The process takes time. You see, from the moment I raised my hand and said, I do, and enlisted in the Air Force, I became, a, 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 I became part of the United States Air Force. And it was the beginning of a process that would eventually lead me to retirement as an E-7, as a master sergeant. It all comes down to trust. And when we became followers of Jesus Christ and, and, and we surrendered our life to him and we embraced his transforming power, that was the, the, the process of justification. And as we work out our salvation, as Paul tells us in Philippians, with fear and trembling before the Lord, that's the ongoing process of sanctification, transformation from the old to our new life in Christ. But just like my time in the Air Force, we have to surrender our will to the will of Jesus Christ and trust that he's going to lead us into life with him. So I want to close with, with these two questions. I want you to ask yourself these two questions. Do I really trust that what God wants is best for me? Do I really trust that? Do I really trust the sovereignty of God and his leading as I surrender to his will in my life? Do I trust that? And the second question is, do I really trust that what God allows in my life is ultimately for our good? For my good. I don't know about you, but listen, like that dollar bill that I showed you earlier, Life has a way of beating you up sometimes, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Can I, in the midst of my, struggle, my struggles and my trials and my stresses, can I, in the midst of that, really, really trust that what God is doing is what's best for me because it's according to his will? Can I rest in that? Because here's the truth. When we surrender our will conform and align our will to the will of God for his glory and we trust him, we will, we will experience transformation because the key to our spiritual transformation is learning to trust God in everything. Will you pray with me? Father, every single one of us here have been faced with things in our life that have made it difficult for us to trust. Sometimes it's easy to trust in the things that we can do well through the strong arm of our flesh, but that never seems to work out. I pray in the name of Jesus that no matter what we're going through here individually and collectively as a family, the highs, the lows, 
the good times, the bad times, the easy times, the tough times. Times when we understand and times we just don't get it. Help us to trust you with all of our heart. And you lead us as you lead us into spiritual transformation that will change our lives forever. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.